Ah, let's go. It is a Wednesday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. The home of Sooner fans. So many ways to get in touch with the program. You can hit us up on Twitter. It's at Plank Show, at Josh on Ref. And, of course, everybody should be following us at KREF. What, it's just, is it just KREF or is uh, it KREF Sports? Sports? That's yeah. right. I get confused between that and the website. At KREF Sports. Also, we are very much all about the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Use your phone to still call people, which, again, I haven't done in a really long time. Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line, 405-329-9000. 405-329-9000. So... Today is Wednesday, right? On a wipe it Wednesday, it's a little different because there's nothing to clear up from last week. But we, we do have the return of the Brent Venables press conference from yesterday, and I'm excited to go through it with you at 10 a.m. this morning. We'll have a couple of highlights from it at uh, an hour in segment two. Thought it was good. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't anything earth shattering or groundbreaking. And part of that is just from the kind of lucky perch that I get to sit upon where on Mondays we talk to the assistant coaches and, you know, the self-scouting stuff. And listening to, to Coach Venables talk about it on Tuesday night. Excuse me, Monday night. You know, the self-scouting stuff I always find to be fascinating, right? And Toby joked about it yesterday, but could you imagine, could you imagine what it was like if it was, hey, by the way, uh, Teddy and Tyler – are going to tell you about what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong on your show, and then you're going to tell them what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong on, on their show. We're all pros, right? But in the same vein, it's it's good. And there's probably, as Ted Ruth put it yesterday, there's probably some affirmation on some things that you've seen, and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's that needs to be better. And I'm sure there's some areas that maybe they learn about where they didn't realize they needed some work. That helps them out going forward. So I, I thought that was cool. And Coach Venables went a little bit more in-depth on that. And I felt like we got a bit of a clearer picture on the injury situation. We played the Billy Bowman cut for you. We'll, we'll reset it. It it doesn't sound like he's going to be back this week. It doesn't. Um, unless, you know, the the athletic trainers and the team doctors, unless something – pretty impressive or dare I even say magical happens over the next couple of days looks like hey he may miss another game now the the interesting part of Bowman is we don't know if it's him still in recovery from the injury or if it's him still trying to get back to kind of football shape right that's that's where that question lies so we'll, we'll get into the injuries learned a little bit about that yesterday though I mean Bowman and major are really I mean, Josh, am I missing anyone? Because Bowman and Major are the two big names, but for the most part, it's it's guys like you know the Jane Rowe looks like he's getting surgery. Shane Witter looks like he's getting has had surgery. You know, for the most part of the injury front, it seems like they're about as healthy as they've been all year. Knock on wood. Yeah, obviously, Billy Bowman. They need to get him back as soon as possible to try and. Perform well during this stretch run. I mean, sure. I think it's pretty obvious the 
level of impact that he's had this season for Oklahoma defensively. And in that, you probably balance it against you're not trying to rush anybody back. If it's, somebody's not ready, they're not right, then look, they're not coming back. So it uh, does afford some other guys opportunities to solidify themselves a little bit for the now and for the future. You know, the rest of this season, obviously 9-3, and 10-3, and three, right, if you, you get a bowl win. If everything's perfect and you win out. Right. That makes you feel good heading into next season. But another thing that would make you feel good heading into next season is combining that good play with some some skill guys sure. making plays the rest of the way or Bowman coming back and being a star the rest of the way. Danny Stutzman emerging into kind of what we thought throughout the offseason Danny Stutzman could be. And I think we've seen glimpses of that, but I don't sure. know that we've seen the consistent version of that. So really just kind of across the board. And I say that to get to this point. Like a Robert Spears Jennings, right? Okay, well, Bowman's out. Great opportunity. Great opportunity. And it appears as if he's taken some advantage of it. Appears as if. So we'll get to all of the Coach Venable's press conference recap coming up in about an hour from now. In the meantime, good morning, Josh. How are you on this Wednesday? Happy Wiped Wednesday to you. And how are you? I'm good. I, I fell asleep early last night. Fell asleep like literally. I was all excited because there was no sports, right? Except for well, hockey I mean, at, and I, after the Thunder game, I guess I should say I was watching <laughs> the Thunder. I actually sat and watched the Thunder last night. There was no football. There was no football last. I say there's no sports. Thunder fans just lost their mind because they won. We won. We're the greatest thing ever. Did you see that, Terrence Mann? It's the greatest player I've ever seen. Um, so the Thunder won, and I had made a commitment to start. The new season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Pretty good. Is it? Have you already watched it? Oh, yeah. Gosh, man. It looks like there's a couple of UFO ones on there. You got to love it. Really? Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. We started, and the next thing I know is like, oh, what? Where, where am I? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened to me, too. <laughs> I started I started it, and I guess, I guess I was more tired than I thought. I did sit in. With Rodney Jones last night on ESPNU, so that was a little bit of a center for Ryan Leaf last night on his radio show. So that was a little bit of a, a nice kind of college football recapper. So what time block was the show? 5P to 8P. Okay. Not too bad, right? Nice. I had Thunder Game on while I was watching it, and then I had to— A little Eastern drive time? Oh, hold on. A quick little sidebar. Quick little sidebar here. And I'm not—I wouldn't—my my, my, my school, my people are— Washington. But who has a school dance on a Tuesday night? What is this, the town in Footloose? <laughs> I had to go pick up my daughter from her eighth grade dance at 8.30 as soon as the show was over, which was, of course, not an easy process <laughs> because there are parents that are smarter than me and got there earlier and parked, and here I am rolling through. Hey, sorry, can I cut in here? But yeah, do you have Tuesday night dances? You know what that is. What? Good planning by the folks that set it up, the chaperones. They said, we're not giving up a Friday or a Saturday night. That's actually a pretty good point. That's a pretty good point. And then on Thursday night, we have the big carnival, so I'm pretty excited about that. We need to get, we need to get some food. We need to get the saucy Sicilian food truck out there. That's what we need. But so I, 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 had, a, I had this whole plan to watch everything, and then I'm just out. I'm done. But I woke up, you know, feeling pretty refreshed. Good. And thinking about one thing that's been on my mind since this show last night. 
So it's Plank Show right here on the Raffle with Josh. I'm Plank. Text 405-651-3439. Here's my question. Who's in a better place going forward? I'm, not, I'm leaving OU and OSU out of this and obviously my mighty golden hurricane. But let's just focus on two of the bigger disappointments in college football this season. And, yes, I know to the one Texas fan that hate listens to this show, 49-0. There you go. You good? There you go. But would you rather be in Texas A&M's position knowing that if anything you have, you have a – I almost said conglomerate. Why did I just blank on the – a collective, at least a couple that purportedly are are on their way and really making it profitable – to go to Texas A&M, and you do still have, for the most part, outside of these guys that got suspended, you do have quite an impressive group of freshmen and what appears to be a very strong 2023 class coming through as well, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about a program that has constantly been According to their fans, right, on the cusp. We are on the cusp. We are right there. Would you rather take that, having been in the SEC, understand what it takes? Um, I say they have a great class in 2023 coming in, but there's currently, where is A&M? They're currently sitting at 17th in the rankings. Or would you rather be in a situation where Texas is? Steve Sarkeesian, 20 games in. He has shown, he has shown that he has put he has put his team in position to win games. They just haven't been able to seal the deal. Now, I don't know if that's positive or negative, but he has put teams in position to his team in position to win games. They just can't close. Couldn't close against Tech, couldn't close against Alabama. Definitely couldn't close this weekend against Oklahoma State. And also a very solid recruiting class with Arch Manning coming in next year, whom some feel that don't subscribe to Arch and on is going to be in a really or is going to be a really good player going forward, right? So and I'm I'm assuming neither coach gets fired this offseason. I don't think that. I don't think you're going to pay an $86 million buyout to get rid of Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. And I don't think Texas is going to risk anything that could lead to, to Arch not staying at Texas. So with all of those, I guess you could say, I shouldn't say all those factors, but what, what other factors should be thrown in here when you're making this decision, right? By the way, the, uh, the, the story on the players smoking weed in the locker room, guys, that's already been retracted. I mean, if OutKick has to retract something, that should tell you how wrong it was. When Clay Travis literally has to have an article that says the initial report as to why these players were suspended is not true and hasn't been verified, but welcome to the ready-shoot-aim world of college football. And guess what? In reporting, no one's going to go back and, and stop it. And it's, the damage is done, right? I mean, everyone already is like, gosh. Smoking weed in the locker room? What's wrong with you? Which, by the way, a little bit more accepted than maybe it was five or six years ago, but I digress. 
What other factors do I need to throw in here? I mean, if, if you're trying to make this decision as to where you would rather be, both teams have made incredible commitments to facilities, right? Texas has upgraded theirs, and listen, I'm basketball has nothing to do with it, but a brand new basketball arena that's going into it. A&M has what many consider the elite facilities. Austin wins probably over College Station, even though, my gosh, people, I, I hear all these great things about Austin. Both times I've been, it's a dump. But wh- which one? Which situation would you rather be in? Texas Longhorns going forward or Texas A&M? And and I'll add one more thing. I know you're doing a little digging. Uh, One more thing. Is the expectation isn't just to go to like a bowl game or be eight and four. We're talking about this expectation and the – the purpose of this conversation, you're going forward with those goals of winning conversations, or <laughs> winning championships, competing for na- for playoff berths, competing for national championships. This isn't about just getting to a New Year's Day bowl game or New Year's Six bowl game. This is about getting, and I guess in that is the 14 playoff, but this is about getting to the playoffs. Texas, Texas A&M, who do you feel like is in a better spot to do that going forward? Take, and the answer can't be neither. Taking the financial situation just completely out of it? It can be a factor. Well, then it's Texas is in a much better situation because the fact that even after this season ends, Jimbo Fisher would be due $86 million, I think means that Texas A&M is handcuffed to that. I'm not totally ruling out the possibility that somehow, some way, they could wrangle up that money and just just buy out Jimbo Fisher, though it's highly, highly unlikely, right? I mean, $86 million is a lot of cash, even for cash-rich programs and cash-rich boosters. Normal buyout clauses, Plank, typically have it built into where if you take another gig, that, you know, whatever you would get paid over the lifetime of that contract would work against your buyout. That's not in the Texas A&M Jimbo Fisher contract. So if Jimbo Fisher gets let go, he's due $86 million. Every last cent. Every last cent. Steve Sarkeesian right now, if I'm looking at these numbers and they're correct, the totality of his contract was only $32 million. So, I mean, that's 54 million reasons why Texas is in a better situation. If, okay... So, in your mind, you're in a better situation because you're ready to move on from Jim. How can I cut bait quickest okay. from either of these two? <laughs> so, I, all right, let me let me put a caveat to it then, real quick. Let me put a caveat to this. Best position going forward, knowing that you're stuck with these two head coaches for at least another couple seasons. I don't know. I'm so torn. I don't know who I feel better about. Because now you've totally, totally removed the, well, one's in the Big 12, and that's an easier playoff path. Texas, of course, shortly is going to be in the SEC, so you don't get the advantage there. I guess Texas and Steve Sarkeesian, just because I think that 
they've shown us, right, with Arch Manning, with Quinn Ewers, they can bring top-flight quarterbacks in. Now, Quinn Ewers, I guess that can be left up into interpretation for whether or not he is, in fact, a top-flight type quarterback, though he was he was billed that way in the recruiting process. Sure. I'm more confident in that for Texas okay. than I am for Texas A&M, who seemingly doesn't appear like it can find a good quarterback. It's wild. And every year, every offseason, you still hear the same thing. Do you know what I, I – I feel like coaches, coaches in the NFL. Oh gosh, it's, listen. Let, let's table this for just a segment because it's already nine twenty, and um, this is this is a really interesting conversation. And Travis just brought up uh, an, an an incredible point. Uh, the Air Conference Solutions text line is all over it. Four zero five six five one three four three nine. And I saw my man Nate Roberts got a no you offer last night, the pride of the Warriors. Listen, there's going to be about four or five Washington Warrior guys who should get OU offers over the next few years. So I'm on cloud nine this morning. But let's talk Texas, Texas A&M. The Brent Venables press conference from yesterday will recap coming up in hour number two. Plus, plus the top five stories of the day. It's a busy Wednesday right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Quick check of headlines from this morning. Thunder win last night, get their first win of the season, pretty much dominated the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. What a – Look out. What's going on with Kawhi? 108-94 was the final score. But, I mean, he's – is he just not ever going to be that guy that we thought – he was or what? Yeah, I mean – Completely taps out of the game last night, doesn't play when we're – Four games into the season. It's like, man, I've, in this three-hour show, I feel like we need to re-air an interview in hour one, segment three. I'm pretty wore out. You know what? what you're four, it's the fourth game of the year. <laughs> yeah, you're just getting going. Uh, Shea was awesome last night. Shea Gilgis Alexander, he finished with 33. Thunderwind. Some people rejoice. Some people get frustrated. Also, last night, I, like I said, I wasn't really too all in on the NBA, but in the in the world of Major League Baseball, it appears like the Mets and Giants will be the front runners for Aaron Judge as we wait for Friday's start to the World Series. And Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark suspended two games by the NFL. Has he been playing all that well anyway? Ah, he's been okay. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, not great. And... I didn't even realize that Kanye had a, an agency, and I did not realize that Antonio Brown was the president of said agency. But uh, both Jalen Brown and, of the Celtics and Aaron Donald are leaving said agency after Kanye's anti-Semitic remarks. So, yeah, there you go. I, I feel like that gets everyone caught up unless you want me to run through the NHL box scores from last night. The Kanye – thing was it anything beyond him just sitting on the microphone and saying hey they won't do anything if I say something anti-semitic pretty much yeah and and I don't know because he went on Newsmax or one of those shows and it was with Chris Christie and I don't know if that's where where this whole fallout has been or if there's been something more but I just think that he said some things in there where I was like oh yeah okay. and 
daring, basically, yeah, daring companies to say, "Oh, they won't in their sponsorship with me." Uh, yeah. Guess what? There they will go. later. Clay Thompson got tossed last night too. I mean, the Warriors got smoked. All right, so anyway, there's your headlines. In the meantime, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're, we're having a conversation to start this program. Very simple. And it's going forward, in which position would you rather be? Which teams team would you rather, say, be a fan of? Who are you feeling more, I guess, from an Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Tulsa fans' perspective, worried about going forward? Who... Who do you feel like is in a better position to get it right, Texas A&M or Texas? And we first looked at the buyouts, and Josh said, okay, probably Texas because I could get out of this sooner with Sark. But I added this little caveat. You can't – you've got to assume that you're not buying this coach out. You've got to assume you're working through. Now, Trav Davidson, whom you hear – I don't – Trav's all over the place. He's got his YouTube show with, uh, was it, JP and Indy. He's got uh, Fridays. Wait, is it Fridays or Wednesdays now here on The Rush? Anyway, he's all over the place on The Ref, I should say. Sometimes and, both. And at Travis Skull on Twitter. He, tweet, he, he texted us this, and I was thinking about this. Those boosters will find a way to fire Jimbo with cause. Dodging that buyout. To me, the answer is still Texas. And then he added, because I think this is so true. You watch. They're going to pin pay for play on him or some form of lack of institutional control and say it broke NIL rules, even though no one even knows what that means. Tennessee did that last January with Pruitt, and they're already a top three team. But I think there's also a nerdy discussion to have on whether or not what Tennessee is doing is sustainable. Uh, I mentioned I did a show with Roddy Jones last night, and he he thinks that it is, and he thinks this guy that's coming in, the quarterback that they're getting, whom uh, what what is it like five million dollars in deals that are already being reported, he's also the number one volleyball player in the country, which I don't know if we've ever had that. Right, top college football pro player in the country, top volleyball player in the country. That is quite a two-step. Yeah, my man Kyle Wal- Walton is smiling from ear to ear right now. But I don't know. I just I wonder about Tennessee, maybe even in the short term. But that, that that's another conversation for another day. This is about Texas and Texas A&M. Minus Hinden Hooker, what do they look like? Right, exactly. Minus that thirty-four-year-old guy who's on his like fourth college football team. Literally, he's been everywhere. But I, I, I think that's also something to keep an eye on is, you know, what does – because we've seen it, right? Look at the reporters around A&M. They're going to do whatever they're told to do, right? I, I get it. And if it starts leaking – like, for instance, this story. The story about the guys smoking weed in the locker room. Well, come to find out, it's not true. But how does that get out? Does Clay Travis just make it up? I – you know, honestly, I don't know if I would put that, that past him. But it's that's where it started. You know, you go back, it's like, where'd that come from? It's like, well, I heard it from here. When you start connecting the dots, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. Clay Travis tweeted this. He's a Tennessee guy. <laughs> and source sources told him, I like Clay. 
Um, but I don't think he's necessarily done the investigation into whether or not it was legit. And now everyone's having to retract their stories. But it gets out there somehow, right? So what is it? It's embarrassment. It embarrasses the program. It's a start of a process where you're like, this guy has no control. It's a great point by Trav. It really is. Oh, um, Wednesdays, 2.30 to 6. Thank you, Travis. I was close. I was close. We knew it was Wednesdays. I don't know, man. I So you said it would still be Texas to you? That's in a better spot? Yeah. Yeah, I think so because okay. I trust Sarkeesian's ability to get a good quarterback. And honestly, you know, Tennessee's a nice example here. You mentioned them. I, I don't know what the long-term prognosis is for the Volunteers either. But, look, it goes to show you, man, you get one great quarterback – and things can flip pretty quickly for yes. you. And I trust Sarkeesian to do that more than I do Jimbo Fisher to do that. Do, let, I did a drill last and they might, night. They might already have him committed, right? They could. I thought this guy that was coming in this year was supposed to be that guy. Well, that's a strong counterpoint. Um, In both places, in both Texas and Texas A&M. And you know all you're going to hear about leading into the season, off-season off is, gosh, look at this class coming in for A&M. Look at this class coming in for Texas. So-and-so is transferring there. I don't know, man. It's wild. I, I think I would lean Texas. I think I would lean Texas, but I don't know. I don't know how confident I would feel about it. 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Riverwind Casino Jackpot Line, 405-329-9000. All right, coming up at 10 a.m., Brent Venables Presser. If you can't wait to hear some of the highlights, then you can hit it up on the podcast page. Did I say that right? Soonersports.com slash podcast. I don't know why I can't say podcast today. And in addition to our conversation about Texas and Texas A&M. There's a couple of other big games to keep an eye on this weekend. We'll delve into those next right here on The Ref. All right, you want to uh, you want to dig on the Air Comfort Solutions text line for the first time today? Yes. Can I share one with you? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. It's, it's our show, baby. Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Good and morning, everybody. And, of course, everybody. the super secret textoso line, too. Which is where this comes from. <laughs> Sean says, well, Sarkeesian obviously needs to get his guys, and Jimbo has his guys, so you'd rather be Texas. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, You know, I overthought about this last night. Might have been why, the, why I fell asleep so early, right? I just bored myself to tears thinking about these two teams. But do you ever – do we ever underestimate the power of a strength coach? Can that ever be underestimated? Did I say underestimate? I mean, and I'm not just looking at A&M and Schmitty and, you know, 2020 was an incredible year for them, right? So that would be year three of the Schmitty plan. Year four, they dipped a little bit, but, I mean, they've just and, – and add to it that Henson left for USC, Josh Henson, their offensive line coach. Just I think it's time for – there's one reason why I would really believe in Texas A&M more, and that would be if Jimbo Fisher said, all right, you know, I've been a head coach now for, I mean, what, like 13, 
years, eight years, seven years at Florida State, five now at Texas A&M. CEO time. Now, it's been fun. Love calling plays. It's my passion. Got a complex offense, but let's let's call Fort Worth. Let's see what's going on, Garrett Riley. Let's let's start perusing the country for that next great offensive mind. Maybe it's in Lubbock right now. I don't know, but and he, and if he is, and someone you want to start, you want to get, you're not going to win a financial battle with Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher goes and says, "Hey, I found my guy, and this is what it's going to cost." All right, you got it. I mean, he's he's probably the most highly paid employee by far. Uh, I mean, and the most powerful one on that A&M campus. So I know, there's a part of me that thinks if Jimbo would be willing to give up play calling, maybe. Uh, here, here was a good one, and I, I, I'm glad this person sent it in just so I can explain. Why not include Oklahoma? The culture hasn't changed. The best players left town. A five-star recruit chose A&M, of all places, over OU. And the OU coaches look like deers in headlights. And it wasn't that long ago that OU had to kick multiple players off the team for breaking and entry. No one is squeaky clean. Where is area code 214? That is... Is that Austin? Ah, Dallas. Close enough. I would say this. Number one... Happy to have you listening. I'm on the home of Sooner fans, right? Do you think if I threw Oklahoma in that, that Oklahoma wouldn't be like a red wave or a tidal wave or crimson wave? Sorry, I wasn't trying to get political there with red wave. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean red wave? Well, no, that the, that would be accurate, though. The blue wave's coming, baby. Um, But, no, I uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, it, I'm on the home of Sooner fans. No one's going to pick Texas or Texas A&M outside of you, bro. And number two, this isn't about the players getting in trouble. That's not what this is about. That's not what this conversation is about. Those players got booted for a while, and the first story that came out isn't the right story, but there's nothing you can do about it. If anything, I'm defending that report. I'm saying, well, you can't do that. You can't say that. It's not true. And everyone's had to retract it. Which, what did it, where did it come from? Where was the initial place it came from? Outkick. So, to me, if anything, I'm saying, no, it's not about off the field. And if you want to go back to before the start of, what was that, the 2021 season? Okay, that's great. I mean, let's, let's do that at every school and see how it looks. I mean, yeah, everyone's going to have problems. It happens. It's life. It's the unfortunate reality of it. But, I mean, if those threes, I'd take Oklahoma's track record any day over the last year and a half than what A&M's got going on, or even Texas for that matter. So, yeah, but that's not what this is about. That's not what this conversation – this isn't about the three or four freshmen that got booted. This isn't about, you know, problems off the field. Now, you could factor that in if you want when you're thinking about which direction – You'd rather have going forward, but, I mean, there's kind of some common sense in this conversation. Why wouldn't you include Oklahoma in that? Because everyone would probably choose taking Oklahoma's path over Texas and Texas A&M, even with 49 zip this year. And because we specifically just wanted to have it be a Texas-Texas A&M conversation. Right, exactly. We we talk a lot of Oklahoma football. 
in this moment it's Texas and Texas A&M. And really this is not about, like you said, any of the off-the-field stuff no. that is has been proven as a false report. This is about 8-4 and four last season, and it's about 3-4 and four right now. That's what this is about. Um. From the 580, I thought the A&M program was up in smoke, but it was just the players. Good line. Not a true story. Um, how about the A&M dumpster fire? How long does Jimbo get the pass? He's not even recruiting well. It's classes were bought with bags. Jesse writes, I refuse to let the facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> and has a Texas A&M logo with a, a – the symbol for weed behind, well, the, the weed plant behind it. The symbol for weed. <laughs> What's the symbol for weed, Blank? Jesse, come up with something for me. I, um. The the weed logo. The weed logo. Marijuana logo. Gosh, what is wrong with me? I would say that Travis is really on to something. I, I would say that it wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden you start seeing reports along the lines of there's – there's some proof that it wasn't just a collective and that coaches were involved in the bags and the buying of players this offseason. I would say that's going to be a story that starts surfacing here in a couple of days, weeks, maybe even in a month from Texas A&M. Though I will say, I think you're in a better place at A&M if you give Jimbo another year. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't have a lot of proof behind that, but that's that's how I feel right now. I'd give Jimbo another year. They can't go to him and tell him to, hey, go hire an offensive coordinator because he could simply go, no, fire me, pay me $80 million, right? <laughs> Imagine having that kind of clause. Jimmy Sexton is just a witch, man. What a job he did. Two other quick ones. Uh, how about this? I'd I'd rather be a Texas Tech Red Raider. Uh, Morton got the best arm in our conference. Rack him. Yeah, Baron Morton. He's pretty impressive. And in Zach Kitley's offense, that's fun to watch. I wonder if I wonder if Kitley is a name that starts surfacing at places like AM, maybe even Iowa, that wanna that need to upgrade their offense. By the way, things not going so well with Kirk Ferentz right now. He pulled the old, I'm better than you, I'm richer than you kind of comment the other day. I'm just glad I'm not doing your job. All right, exactly. You <laughs> scrubs. Uh, and, then, and then one more quick one here. I'd rather be the Tulane Green Wave than either one of those booster-driven, car-giving, money-dropping dumpster fires. <laughs> That's from Shane the Train in Newcastle. Though it'd still be pretty cool to go to a game in College Station. I'd be down with that. I'd still like to go to a game in College Station. Shout out to Lane. Be nice to, to go see a game there as well. Uh, all right, uh, 948. Quick break. When we come back, we'll hash through the rest of the Air Comfort Solutions text. And then at 10 a.m., all in on what we learned from the Britton Venables press conference right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Welcome back into the Plank Show. Right here on the ref. Did you speaking of things that I didn't really get a chance to immerse myself in because of the uh show last night? Did you get a chance to watch much OU hoops? No, I didn't get I didn't to watch either. one drop. I uh was broadcasting the Holland Bowl which is was 7th and 8th grade football last night. Ah. Oh. 
Ah, no idea. So Highland East versus Southridge and Highland East versus Brink, which are elementary schools and more. Oh, okay. So you really, you you really were I'm scouting. Uh, scouting for the next level. I got to say it was pretty cool. I mean, that's the first junior high event I've ever broadcast. And, you know, obviously families dig it. Yeah. Did I not say Wednesday earlier in the show? Did I say Tuesday earlier or Thursday? Did I try to move us ahead or Just, something? Guys, we don't know what day it is. I have right? no clue. <laughs> Give us a break. Um, There's a lot of good text, but I did want to kind of move forward a little bit here on the on the home of Sooner fans because we got the Brenton Venables presser. Wait, unpublished? Oh. Now it's published. Gosh, what is going on in my mind? What's the old people um, medicine that you can take for your brain that apparently makes you think a little bit quicker? Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson always talk about it. I probably need to start taking that. I'm losing my mind. Yesterday, speaking of losing my mind, when I got off the air last night, I was so excited to eat. And, yes, it was after 8 o'clock, so it's not good. But I was so excited. I started the microwave. I let it run for like a minute and 30 seconds. And then I would check the microwave, and I forgot to put my food in the microwave. So we were we were off to a roaring start on a Wednesday oh, on no. a Tuesday night. Let's go. Um, beyond Texas A&M and Texas, you guys can keep those thoughts coming. We'll reset them here in a bit. We start learning a little bit about Iowa State heading into the weekend. And I won't lie to you. For me, uh, and I've talked about this as early as Monday, Iowa State is the team that probably concerns me even more than Baylor does next week. It's just they play a – a very frustrating style of defense, and now everyone has adopted it. I know some want to fight about who the godfather of the uh, of the drop eight is, and I some say Joe Lee Dunn, but I think he was more of the three three five. But who cares, right? It's 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 been effective, and what John Haycock and what Matt Campbell have done at Iowa State is impressive. You'll hear it a thousand times this week, but it bears true. It bears true. It is a program that does not – it is a team, I should say, that does not look like an 0-4 team in conference. And they've they've frustrated some squads and handled Oklahoma. They had Texas beat in Austin. They slowed down Kansas State. What was that game? 10-9 to in Farmageddon? They should have beaten Kansas. Should have easily. Or I don't want to say easily, but with, they missed with three Daniels, field goals. Right. Playing with, quarterback. With Jalen Daniels. So, you know, funny. But they didn't. T- but they didn't, right? And they still haven't been able to get over that hump. Now, you don't want to be the team, their get-right team. No. They, they can't run the football. They've struggled running the football. That's a positive. <laughs> um, Hunter Deckers has been a guy that – you know, I think if you look back, maybe he has had one excellent drive. <laughs> the drive right before halftime of the Iowa State-Baylor game is one of the best drives I've seen Hunter Deckers ever have. After that, it's all been terrible for Hunter Deckers in 2022. Well, and you should go into the game expecting him to play better in Ames. You sure. should. Sure. And and you you know he will. You know he will. But it's just – this is a good Iowa State team. They got a couple NFL guys out there. You heard questions a lot about Xavier Hutchinson, and understandably so. He's a tough matchup. In fact, if you're a Coach's Corner fan on ESPN Plus today, we talked to Jay Valai about Xavier Hutchinson, and he has high praise for the Iowa State wide receiver. But you know, 
I, I feel like a broken record saying it, but they're not a three and four football team. They're not an zero and four team in in conference play. You are what your record is, so you could easily clap back at me and say, "But they, but they are. Look at the record." I, I think they're pretty good. It's going to be a challenge come Saturday, and you know I I haven't talked to anyone in Ames yet outside of their media relations guy, but I don't think they're worried about filling the stadium. I think they still expect to have a packed crowd come Saturday, so it's going to be a loud environment. Yes, Kendall's right. Prevagent. That's probably what I need. <laughs> Pearly hit it too. Yeah, it's probably what I need. Give me some of that. That way I'll remember things. I don't know. Something ironic about not being able to think of the medicine that makes you think better. Right, exactly. Totally fits. What's that medicine that makes you think better? I might need it right now. All right, Brent Vittables next.